When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, July 13th. This is the program that attempts to take the mystery out of your financial life. We do that by answering your questions. And the easiest way to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. If you are on the website, if you're on the jillonmoney.com website, just hit the contact button. And of course, don't forget to tell us if you would like to come on the air with us because Mark will do the rest, but it is a much better experience, I promise you, because there's nuance and stuff, right? So for example, we are joined today by Brian from New York, and I read your email, but then I immediately said to Mark, we got to get this guy on the air. This is interesting. So Brian, welcome to the program. How are you today? Hey, Jill. How are you? I'm doing very well. Hi, Mark. Nice to talk to you both. What can we do for you? What's going on in your financial life? How can we help you out? My wife and I, we are taking the, we were taking the fire approach, but now we're taking the fine approach, F-I-N-E. I I learned that new one, financial independent, new endeavor from you guys. We're taking that path. And basically, uh, we're both working and doing our thing, but my wife wants to sort of call it quits from her full-time employment in the next two or three years. And I disagree thinking she needs to continue to work another five or six years. I don't, I'm not a budgeter. I don't know the numbers and I'm here to see uh, what you guys can pick apart from all this. Okay. First of all, tell us how old you are, how many kids you have, what else is going on? So I'm 45 and Mm -hmm. my wife is 40. Mm -hmm. We have a nine-year-old and we have a three-year-old. Right now, how much do each of you earn? So she earns about 165, usually gets about a 30 to 40 bonus, mm-hmm. and I'm making 122. Are you both contributing to retirement accounts? Yes, maxing okay. them out. You're both maxing them out. Okay. So 19.5 in each of them. Any other um, savings that's going on, like 529 plans or Roths or anything else that's out there? Uh, yes. So we are both maxing out our 
Roth IRAs, but we have to do the backdoor approach. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have a 457, which mm. you can also do another 19.5, and I'm maxing that out as well. Wait, so you're putting 19.5 into your 403B and 19.5 into your 457 plan? And another 6,000. And six in your Roth? Oh, my goodness. You're very good. So you work for a state or some sort of municipal organization. Your wife, is she in a 401k? She has the 401k, yep. Okay. How much money is in each of these accounts? Let's start with your 403b. My 403b has 375,000 in it, and mm-hmm. it's it's in a 7% guaranteed fixed. Oh, you work for you're a school teacher. <laughs> yeah. That's so, an amazing deal. That so is that, like a non that by the way, it's the only time I say that go into 100% fixed. It is unbelievable. So that's my security blanket, which is yep. why I don't have a bond allocation, yep. nothing like that. So that's the 403B. Great. Uh, the 457 is started about two years ago. That's mm-hmm. all in all in equities. Mm-hmm. There's about 73,000 in there. Great. Uh, the Roth IRA has about 250,000. So that's for Brian. And now wife, how much is in her retirement account? How much is in her 401k? And how much is in her backdoor so her current 401k with her current employer has about 225 in it. That's a combination of pre-tax and Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently started going full Roth 401k with the future contributions. Great. She did from her previous employer a rollover from the 401k, which is now sitting at traditional IRA, which has about 165. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually in 2020, though, she pulled 50 out of there and did the Roth conversion. Hmm. So she has about 90 now in the Roth IRA. And so, 165 remains in the traditional? Yes, with okay. with a little bit. I know you, you've said before not to commingle deductible, non-deductible money in an account, but if she's going to continue to contribute to the Roth IRA, so she's got some basis in the traditional. Oh, someone's going to keep track of that. I hope it's and, not and we, you. That, my dad, he's a CPA. We got Oh, sweet. All right. Your dad's a CPA. This is awesome. Fantastic. Okay, good. For you, how many how many years do you have in the system? Because you're going to have a pension. What do you have into the system so far? Um, approaching 22 years. Wow. And are you a lifer? Like you think, wow, I want to stay here for as long as I can. Or are you going to? Well, are you the type who says, oh, it, isn't it 30 or 35 where you kind of max out? I forgot. Well, yes, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. The, um, I have to do 30 years to get that full pension. Otherwise, right. you take a major hit and a penalty. And basically, if you do your 30 years. And as long as you're age 55, you collect approximately 60% of your final average salary. However, that that's calculated on average best three years. Right. And, um, and also at 55, you're collecting health benefits for your lifetime. So you're thinking 10 years for sure, right? Till age 55. And then after that, we'll see. Okay, got it. That's a nice base to have, right? I mean, it, presuming, you know, your, your salary will increase a certain amount every year. But that is a, a good... It's a good solid base for you guys. So you save a blank ton of money. You don't make that much money. So how are you doing this on three hundred and twenty-five grand a year? I don't know. I mean, we just I I don't we don't budget or anything, but if you're maxing out these retirement accounts, kind of whatever's left over you just live on and we seem to still be in the black with that. That's great. So tell me about living um where where are you living and what's going on? So I'm in one of the boroughs of New York City, mm-hmm. and I have, uh, well, we have two cooperative apartments. 
which are sort of in the same complex. And we both own one, we both each own one, which we own prior to marriage. Mm -hmm. So I've kept the second apartment and my in-laws are now living in that apartment while we live in the other apartment. So are your, is this for because you love them or because they need to be in those? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this like for because we just all love each other or are you helping them? Are they paying well, you rent well, or what's going on? Well, we, we love them. Um, mm-hmm. They are from a European country and they first came to this country about five years ago. Wow. And are they paying you rent for the co-op? No, we, we're, we're taking care of it. Okay. And the co-ops, how much are they worth and what are the mortgage balances? What's going on with those? The co-op under my wife's name is probably worth about five seventy-five, mm-hmm. and only about 25000 remains on the mortgage balance. Holy smokes. Okay. And the other apartment, we'll mm-hmm. say, let's call it at three hundred, mm-hmm. and the mortgage is paid off. I, I have to say that I'm like stunned about how much saving you guys have done. I really am. It's amazing. And I'll tell you why. For everyone else listening, this is a very interesting story to be told because it appears to me, at least, that you are just saving a ton of money, which, you know, it's about $72,000 a year in your various retirement accounts. You've whittled down mortgages. You're pretty young. And so when you first set this up, like my wife wants to call it quits in two to three years and try something new, I was like, that's ridiculous. And now that I'm hearing the numbers, it's not that ridiculous. Are you putting money into um, 529 plans for the kids? So for the older one, there's, Mm -hmm. um, I want to say there's about 40 Mm -hmm. in the 529. And I already started doing a 529 for the other guy. And there's about 27 in there. And I'm going to front load that for, you get it up to 10,000 state tax deduction. So we're doing five and five. So we max out the state tax deduction uh, each year. And then after a few years, it's in an aggressive fund and it's age-based like a target date fund. So I'll do another few years maxing that out and then I'll let it sit and let it grow. Let it go. If you look at your wife's income right now and you say 165 base, 30, 40 grand in bonus, what is it you think she'd want to do differently in two to three years? What do you think that looks like for that new endeavor? So this is what I've learned recently. She's looking at rental properties. She's been looking and she's on Zillow looking down in Orlando and looking at properties, but we would need a mortgage for that. And they're just, it comes up on Zillow and five minutes later, it's like taken down because there's cash buyers, cash buyers. So reality is she wants to venture into getting a rental property. And um, okay, that's fine. But the way I see it, that's that's sort of an iffy game. And you're taking on new debt where if you continue to work, you know, you have your income and you have your, you continue your contributions to your retirement accounts. Does she hate what she does? No. What I think what happened is with the pandemic, they're home. Mm-hmm. And now coming to the end of the pandemic, probably give, come September, it's back to the office. So I feel for her because that's going to be, I think that's going to be a tough transition for a lot of people that now have to go back to the office. Sure. Okay. So I have two observations about this. The rental thing she can do anyway, if she wants to, and she's actually much more, it would be much easier for her to pursue that while she has a job. That is not a job, by the way. 
That's not a job. That is like a little avocation in the hottest housing market since the big housing boom and bust. So it's a terrible time to get into that business because you would have wanted to get into it three years ago, right? Now, price is already up. And by the way, any sort of mortgage you would get for rental property is a much it is a different rate. It's a higher rate and it's, it's tough. And like, if you have, you know, you're, you're managing two properties right now, which you're actually, you know, it's really not managing two properties. You're essentially managing like one big household for both of you, you know, and your, and her parents and it's right nearby and doing something remotely is a whole different business. So here's what I would suggest in terms of how she thinks about this. If you're going to really pursue doing something like hey, I want to be a landlord, the first thing you start to do is you accumulate a slush fund. How much is in your emergency reserve fund right now? About 40K. Okay. And that's right, probably the right amount. And is there any other money that you have that's invested that is outside of retirement? She has brokerage of about 80,000 and I just started a little brokerage with about 15,000. Okay. If she wants to get into, you know, the world of rental properties, the way to do it is to first establish that you have a bunch of money that you can use for down payments. The second thing is you start doing massive amounts of research. And the third is that she's going to have to figure out a way to do this. Is she a numbers person? She works in risk management. I see uh, spreadsheets on her screen all the time. So, oh, I guess- so, the, so there you go. So she she's familiar with that. Um, you know, and she has to run the numbers. To me, right now, you guys are in an incredible financial position to do something different. And by the way, the 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 whole reason you are in that mode is that like you've been diligent, you've, you're amazing, right? I mean, you've got all this money that's saved, you will have this pension. And, you know, frankly, the pension gives her the ability to essentially pursue something different. It really does because it's the pension plus the healthcare, right? Those two things really do give you a great advantage. I would be interested to find out Like if we were to run your numbers, where you would turn up if you both kind of said, all right, well, I'm going to, let's say, let's say that she goes from at age 45, maybe that gives her, give you five years to like really accumulate some money instead of two to three years, make it five years. What would she feel like, you know, if, if you said, well, you know, we can't retire in the same way and have the same flexibility if you make this choice today. But in five years, we might have far more choices than we would have right now if we were to do the same thing. You're probably living, my guess is, on 10 grand a month. That's my guess. You don't have a ton of expenses, right? But you do really, you know, you seem to be saving quite easily and you don't have any other debt, right? No, uh, no debt. I think you should be running some retirement numbers. I I presume, look, if I ran your numbers till your age 55 and her age 50, I know that it would be great. I know it would be great. Because you know what? For 10 more years, just think about how much money you're putting away and you're going to have a pension. I think if you ran retirement numbers, I would run it at $10,000 a month of net, meaning those that's what you need to live on. I'm pretty sure that's about what you're doing right now. Maybe it's a little more. I don't know. You don't, do you have any other aspirations in terms of like, well, no, we're not spending that much money now, but we really will be more in the future because we're going to travel more? Like, Do you think things will change a lot or not? We're here for 10 years and then we talk about where do New Yorkers go after they retire? They go to Florida. So to lead into that, it's like we're doing a lot of Roth stuff now, but maybe should we be doing more pre-tax if we're going down there and you do conversions when there's no state income tax? Because we well, are- 
Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. The other thing would be that maybe you do Roth conversions. If she changes her career, if she really does in three years say, I'm calling it quits, then you could do the conversions here also, and you'll have much less income, right? Another big thing about the conversion, that five-year rule, once you convert, you're unlocking that money from the 10% penalty. I know you don't want to touch Roth, you want to let it grow, but in my mind, why not free up money just in case? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. But I, I think to the core issue for you guys, it has to be that she really starts to figure out what is it about this that's make, causing me to have the, the change of heart, right? She works in, in finance, you said. And I think that a lot of people who work in the industry, I have you know friends and relatives who are all grappling with the same thing. I was with a bunch of people last night for dinner, and it was very interesting. People who said, like, you know what? I'd leave my job at fancy XYZ bank and go to the bank that's not as prestigious if I have flexibility. And so, you know, maybe instead of like, it feels very dramatic to say at age 40, right after I've had this crazy thing called a pandemic to really blow my life up. I would much prefer her to try to say, hey, you know what I really would like to do? I think I'd like to go to a different institution where I have more flexibility. And then instead of working and making 200 grand a year, I'd be happy making 150 because I would be in a hybrid environment. And then I could work for five or eight more years. You know, I just feel like there's a, this is a little dangerous time to make such a dramatic choice. That's what I think. I agree with that. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> uh, Mark, do you want to do anything else for these folks? I presume you have your wills and, and you've done your power of attorney and all that stuff. We have a lot of moving parts in terms of how to get the estate in the fact we have in-laws. I have a stepdaughter. There's um, a father in the picture. So it's like a lot of moving parts. So we haven't tied it up yet. So do you have a lawyer? Uh, I have a friend. He Actually, that's that's top priority this summer is to reach out to him. He does estate planning and we're going to Perfect. Get this done. (laughs) All right, good. Bang it out. Uh, Because that's obviously a hole that's missing. I'm going to tell you what. If you wanted to get some ammunition, what I would do is I would start running some numbers and really looking at what would happen if. The big metric here is what would happen if we went from, you know, could we live on my income alone, your income alone, meaning you probably could, just couldn't save as much money. Then if you run the numbers, you can give her the proof and then say, look, here's how it, here's how the numbers shake out. If you want to go into your next endeavor and it's running rental properties, there's no way you're going to replace her income. We need to replace this much of your income to live the life we want to live and hit our retirement numbers. You're really gunning towards 10 more years in doing something. And if you look at that and you say 10 years, honey, you know, you're 40, that's age 50, you'd be really young, you'd be doing whatever you want. Or if you say to her, you know what, if you don't want to work and you don't, well, you want a more of a remote environment, you want to do something different, then, you know, we have flexibility. We might not have flexibility for you to do anything you want. You got to do something where you're going to make some money and we can still save some money. Because again, if you look at your expenses and you say 10 or 12 grand a month is what we think we need to live on, Right something like that, 120 to 150 grand a year, and you stop working when you at age 55, you then have to finance that money, that much money, right? Until you're say 95. Now, great. Thank you very much to New York. You're going to be able to get, let's say 60 grand a year. There's going to be some social security for each of you. You don't have to fund that big a differential, but there is going to be something you have to fund. 
And the funding of that is predicated on what you guys are doing today. I don't know. Like, I just want to figure out what, where this is all coming from for us. It's just like fear of change, of going back. Is that really what this is? I think it's I think it's because she's she's always been interested in the real estate stuff. And I think part of it is because she's into it the same way I'm into this retirement plans and figuring out 457s and 401k. She's into the real estate stuff. I don't want any part of the real estate stuff. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck. I feel like this is going to be a tough conversation, man. It, you know, it's funny when I first read your email, I thought she was making a, a lot more money. I mean, so you framed it and you've saved so much money. So there is a situation where I can see a real, a new endeavor. It's just, she's young. She's really young. All right, Brian, anything else on your mind? One quick question. Why is there uh, certain advisors out there that insist on never uh, doing Roth conversions unless you're in the 10 or 12% bracket where you have other people like Ed Slot who say there's a tax ticking time bomb and insist on Roth conversions? Yeah. I mean, look, there's a real divide that's out there. I think 10 and 12%, I mean, it's great if you're in it, but I, I still think that for most people who are in 22 and 24 right now, that they absolutely have a an arbitrage that's likely because we, you know, I think the idea is like, where do you really think tax rates are going? And I think for some advisors and accountants out there, they say, there's no way that Congress is ever going to raise taxes on folks who make more than, say, 350 or so. So you're likely to see these tax rates stay where they are. And others say there's no way we can finance the government's obligations at these current rates. So rates will have to go up for everyone. And so that's the divide. I kind of like it up to the 24%. And then I also like it with really wealthier people, even if you're in a higher tax bracket, simply because it's nice to know that some of your tax liabilities are already locked in. That's one of the reasons to do it. So it may, it's really about guessing where tax rates are going in the future. I tend to believe that even if you're making 150, 200 or 300,000, that there's risk that your rates go up. And I also like the idea of like, since nobody knows, a little bit of everything works great. All right, Brian from New York. Thank you so much for joining us. Really been a pleasure. Very interesting. If you, like Brian and his wife, have a question about how you can employ financial independence, new endeavor, fine, then why don't you just give us a holler? Send us an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Hop onto our website, jillonmoney.com. Hit the contact button. You can subscribe to this show right there from our website. And you can also subscribe to our other show called Eye on Money. You can do that also on Apple, anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. And we always want to remind you that we are here for you. This show is about you, your needs, but you got to get in touch with us to really let us help you. Notice that in this conversation with Brian, there was a lot of nuance to the to the flow. We figured out a lot more about what was going on. So having you on the air is so helpful. Don't forget to lift someone up today and don't forget the mantra of 2021 for this show, Grit, Growth, Grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.